The Panthers are such an interesting team. They start 3-0, they're on this big skid, they just lost to the hapless Eagles, who we just saw completely dissolve on Thursday Night Football. What do we make of these guys? How do you attack them? What's scary about them? Let's go into it and your bold predictions here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings. Your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome in to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at LukeBraunNFL, and you have on the show on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. Today on the show, we are talking about a little bit of injury report. We'll do some news, and then we will talk about Sam Darnold and the Panthers and the problems that they have uh, on offense, the things they do on offense, as well as the scary, scary, scary Panthers defense. We're going to spend a lot of time on that scary, scary Panthers defense. We'll also do some of your bold predictions as we do every week every friday here on the locked on vikings podcast but first quick uh hitter on the injury report um because there are some things that are different from yesterday if you want to know the full thing uh if you're on youtube it'll be up on the screen um but otherwise you can go check out yesterday's episode there are a lot of people on it um the DNPs that did not participate are still as follows. Uh, ben Ellison, Justin Jefferson, Michael Pierce, and Adam Thielen. Of course, Jefferson and Thielen really, really worrisome with those guys not participating. Although it is notable that Justin Jefferson told media that he would be playing in the game. Dalvin Cook said he would be playing and then he didn't. So that only carries so much weight, right? Uh, but I guess it's worth mentioning. Um, and also some upgrades. Anthony Barr was a DNP with a knee. He's now an upgrade to limited. Um, so I think this is just going to kind of be what his season is like. He's just playing through some pain and they're going to have to just kind of manage his workload. Um, Cameron Dantzler also came off of the COVID-19 IR list, but he was still limited with, uh, I guess you call it an illness designation. Um, he's no longer, you know, positive for COVID or contagious or whatever, but I, maybe he just needs a little bit of time to ramp up. It can make you, give you, make you, uh, very fatigued. And Alexander Madison, an upgrade to limited from DNP. Also, Dalvin Cook, upgraded to full participation, which is a fantastic sign that's going to be really important for this game. Um, and Amir Smith-Marset, also an upgrade to full participation. He will almost certainly play after hurting his toe uh, on the second-to-last kickoff in the Bengals game. So that is the injury report. But let me talk about the Panthers' offense. Let's start with Sam Darnold and that offense. How do you attack Sam Darnold is, I guess, the operative question here. And Sam Darnold is a very athletic quarterback. And there are parts of Sam Darnold's game that actually kind of scare the crap out of me. He has that sideline ball, um, you know, that zippy one on a, you know, 10-yard, 9-yard curl to the sideline. That's a convert a third and long kind of pass, and he has that pass, and he can really, really place it. Um, there are some really, really, really good ones in the last few games from Sam Darnold. He's got, uh, obviously, he's got the legs, he's got the athleticism. I mean, this is what kind of got him picked third overall. Um, and he just, he's got a good arm. And that all of that stuff is pretty scary. But here's the thing about Sam Darnold. You might remember the old Seeing Ghosts game from a few years ago, and that kind of has become his legacy. He's not that bad about it anymore. You can't just blitz him all day and watch him, you know, kind of fall apart. But he still panics. And when you panic, um, 
it's not necessarily the most obvious thing. We're not talking about Panic Ponder, where he would just, like, bail on the pocket, or Jalen Hurts in the Thursday night game, which I just got done watching as of this recording. Um, If you watch that game, he was panicking. He, every time pressure would come, he would bail on pockets, he would bail on pockets he doesn't need to bail on, Um, and it would be kind of this full nuclear, like, blow up the whole play the second, you know, the first shade of trouble. Darnold's not quite that bad, I don't think, Um, but he still has, when, when you're throwing mechanics can get kind of thrown off when you panic um, where you can kind of your feet don't set quite right and you, your shoulders might shimmy a little bit or you might start bouncing up and down and your timing gets a little off. Um, so what I want to do in this is give him the spooks. <laughs> I want to spook Sam Darnold. It's October. It's spooky season. Let's let's give S- Sam Darnold the spooks. And uh, to do that, you got to get pressure on him, right? We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I think even if you aren't like you don't need to blitz him constantly all day, eventually they'll figure out how to punish that but i would come out really aggressive in this game i would come out with blitzes up the interior really try to attack that and get him spooked and then maybe back off it and maybe just sim pressure or just kind of do just enough to maintain the threat that you establish in the beginning so i guess i I don't know hashtag establish the blitz is what i guess i want um but that interior offensive line is like a big villain in carolina right now pat elfline is on it you can guess how they feel about him um, and so what I want to do is, uh, I, I think there's some kind of tricksy blitzes that you can do up the A and B gap that don't necessarily jeopardize the entire coverage. I don't need to do what Bill Belichick did in that infamous seeing ghosts game where he went cover zero. That means no deep defenders, nobody up on the roof. And as many people blitzing as possible, usually cover zero is uh, an incredibly, that's like blitzing seven, right? Um, we don't need to go that far, but blitz like one linebacker. And I think if you do it in a clever way, you can get some pressure up the interior, even if it doesn't disrupt that play, and you can start to get in his head in a little in his head a little bit and give him the spooks. So to describe kind of what I mean by that, I'm gonna to go to the whiteboard on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you get a little visual aid. If not, don't worry about it, I'll be descriptive, just listen carefully. Um, but if you imagine like a five-person blitz and you're all just kind of blitzing up a gap and everybody, you know, your normal four defensive linemen, and then you get one linebacker in, that's like pretty easy to counteract. Um, if you just slide the protection, right? Let's say you do a four-man slide, which would mean, you know, one of the tackles goes to one of the edges, and then the other four guys go to the other four pass rushers, and it's, like, a pretty easy way to to pass block, right? Um, So instead, you can sort of try to confuse that by making the offensive line think. And it might not even work. They'll still probably do that same slide. But let's say instead of everybody just rushing the gap there in front of, what if you had a defensive tackle move over a gap and then the blitzing linebacker rushes where that defensive tackle was, um, which is a pretty standard way of blocking or of of, of blitzing. Um, And it's one of the simpler tricks in the book. But what it can do is it can force, say, the guard and that guard could be Pat Elfline, force Pat Elfline to think. He has to make a very quick decision if he's going with the defensive tackle or if he is going to pick up the linebacker that he can see coming. And in some situations, you can make it so, A, one of those options is wrong. So if he overthinks it and he's wrong, you just get an unblocked defender in the uh, in, in, in the backfield stressing out the quarterback. Um, but if nothing else, you can just make just test their communication. And if they communicate it well and they pick up the blitz, so be it. You're only blitzing one extra guy. You're probably not selling everything out. Um, But likely, if you keep at this for long enough, eventually you'll force a mistake from a unit that has been struggling. 
in terms of weapons, they've got a lot of scary stuff. Like Robbie Anderson is a, a total deep threat, right? They've got DJ Morey's playing lights out. They might have Christian McCaffrey, although he's uh, was downgraded from limited to DNP on Thursday's injury report. So that's obviously a situation to watch. Uh, but he has that. That's never a good sign when you get downgraded in the middle of the week. Um, but overall, they have a lot of weapons, and I kind of want to like. I think the best way to ruin the efficacy of those weapons is to ruin the guy who's delivering it to them. Sam Darnold's had a pretty good start to the season, but I think if you can make him panic, you can start to get him to kind of fall apart. But that defense scares me a lot more than that offense does. Those guys are good. That defense is on fire. Uh, so I want to talk about what they do, why it scares me so much in particular about the Vikings, uh, and also get to your bold predictions. Uh, but first, in this game, the Vikings are actually favored. They're one-point road favorites. So if you want to short that and go for the home underdog, just emotionally hedge, or maybe you believe in it. Maybe you say, yeah, let's go, skull, bet on the Vikings. You can bet on whatever. I've been really loving Bet Online's prop builder, um, you know, where you can just bet on how many receiving yards or something. You can build your own parlays and stuff. And you can also live bet games in the middle of them where you can say, well, maybe, you know, they'll get ahead in the first half, but they'll collapse in the second half. And you can bet one team in the first half, one in the second half. See if you can't like win two bets off of that prediction. Um, All sorts of stuff. There's also the WNBA finals, MLB playoffs going on. Dodgers just took down the the Giants on a controversial call. Um, You can bet on whatever you want. Head on over to betonline.ag. And if you're signing up right now on your first deposit, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever you put in for your first deposit, BetOnline will match half of that. They'll just throw a bunch of extra money in your account, free play money, at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, so the Panthers' defense scares the bejesus out of me. It is very good, and what makes it good is stuff that the Vikings don't exactly have the tools available to help. And this is before even considering that you might not have Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson in this game. And even Dalvin Cook might, is still playing through an ankle. He might not be 100%. You don't have Ben Ellison. It, it's a decimated skill player group, and their defense is good. This is a problem. But let me explain, and I, I have a couple of ideas for how to possibly overcome this problem. The Panthers have beaten up on some zone teams this year, and the Vikings are a zone team, so I'm a little worried about this. And the way that they've done that is with two things that are have, have like posed problems for the Vikings in the past. One is a tilted nose tackle. Um, thank you very much to Coach Vass for pointing that out to a lot of people, and he was the reason that I noticed this. Cleveland killed the Vikings with a tilted nose tackle, and the Panthers do it too. I'll explain what all that is, but for, you know, just to Take the for, for the take you can take to work today. The Panthers do stuff the Browns do, and the Browns killed us with that. And now the Panthers might too. So we got to come up with a solution for that. And also they use like six one fronts, or they use three four fronts with extra people on the line of scrimmage, and that makes things really really hard for a zone team. If you think about it in terms of like the number of gaps available to you, and I'm, again I'm going to go to the 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 what I call the whiteboard, which is just a Photoshop document with some circles and squares on it, but it helps me visualize things. And if you need a visual aid, check it out on YouTube. If not, it's fine. Uh, just listen carefully. So a big part of zone blocking is having athletic offensive linemen who have the ability to say get on the other side of a defensive lineman from the side where they started, which can help running backs kind of get around them and can help seal them off at angles that are advantageous and stuff. And that's kind of where a lot of the plays are designed. Um, so a way to counter this is essentially use more guys. And that's a lot of what the Panthers do. 
it is kind of that simple sometimes. It's just put more guys on the line of scrimmage and have enough blockers so that, say, a linebacker can be free to kind of pick their gap or that, you know, they can um, kind of clog everything up the way that they want. Do so you think about um, there are six gaps? Imagine you don't have any tight ends, say you've got like a spread formation or something. Um, so you've got your five offensive linemen and there are six gaps between them, the four gaps between everybody's shoulders and then two gaps um, on either side like that. So if you have, say, five defensive linemen, you will have one gap kind of always on plugged you'll you can only cover five of those six gaps the running back might pick that one and have a little bit of room and it's kind of becomes a race with the linebacker maybe they make that linebacker miss and you get a big play right um that can be pretty advantageous for the offense that's called being outgapped so in a an attempt to no longer be outgapped the panthers will go to six one which means they'll put another defensive lineman or sometimes it's another linebacker or whatever um, on the line of scrimmage. So they actually have seven people in the box, right? Which means you only have four in coverage, um, but you have every single gap covered. And even if someone gets defeated on a block, you've got the linebacker kind of as backup to help everything out. And you never run against that. So against 6-1, you have some problems, right? And they've really stymied some run games doing this, especially earlier in the season. The other thing that they'll do, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, is called a tilt nose. Um, and that is literally lining the guy up in like a 45 degree alignment. Instead of him, you know, facing directly the line of scrimmage, he will kind of uh, tilt himself a little bit. He'll he'll line up at an angle. And that gives a huge example, you know, if you, or a huge advantage. If you imagine being an offensive lineman tasked with blocking that guy, um, if you are supposed to reach block that player, well, he might have a little bit of a head start if he's already tilted away from you. And if you're trying to block the front side of that player, um, then again, he kind of has a head start where you have to turn your shoulders to reach him, his are already turned. It essentially is just a way to give a head start to your nose tackle, and it can allow them to um, you know, defeat blocks easier. And the Browns did that against the Vikings, and the Browns defeated a lot of blocks, and it was a big reason that the Vikings couldn't get their run game going. So this is all a huge problem for the Vikings, and it's like a problem specifically to the Vikings. They have a lot of things that are the rock to our scissors. Um, so one thing that I think, and uh, th there are a lot of different ways that you can kind of handle this. One, I say, is to go small. If they want to bunch everybody up on the line of scrimmage, you take away their ability to do that. If you've got four wide receivers on the field, they can't put an extra defensive line out there on you. They have to put another cornerback uh, out there. Or, you know, they're just you're, you're going to have a terrible mismatch of a wide receiver on a linebacker or something. The problem is you might not have Justin Thielen or, uh, or Justin Thielen, Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen. So what I say you do instead, and you also don't have your best blocking tight end in Ben Ellison. He also has been DNP. So what I say you do, and it also answers your question of Rashad Hill or Christian Derrissaw, put them both out there. I say let's go heavy. Let's go six offensive linemen, declare 71 as eligible, and add another gap. If they want to bring out extra guys to match that, that's totally fine. We'll go big on big here. Um, but if you put a sixth offensive lineman out there, now there's six gaps and they can't go seven one. Eventually, you know, they'll have to uh, somebody's got to be in coverage. Right. Um, and so what I think this will do for the Panthers is it will start to invite more players into the box. And that's exactly what we want. The Panthers really, really like to blitz safeties. And I want them to blitz safeties. It's their favorite thing to do, and I want to invite them to do it. So if I put an extra offensive lineman out there, 
um, that'll bring a safety into the box. And if a safety's in the box, they're going to be really tempted to blitz that guy. If they're saying, hey, you know, we, we get to be in the box all the time. They're bringing all this sixth offensive lineman stuff out there. Let's just start sending people. I want them to blitz safeties. I think Kirk Cousins can handle safety blitzes. Safety blitzes are, they, every play is going to have a plan for if the safety comes, right? Or if somebody who is threatening blitz comes, he'll be able to see that pre-snap. You're not making him make any decisions on the fly or anything like that. And you can just have him execute the plan that was predetermined for him. He can read off the teleprompter and he can be himself um, and, and handle all of these problems. So I say bring a sixth offensive lineman out there, go big on big, attack the Panthers where they are, and uh, you know, try to try to win from there. Now, if Thielen and Jefferson end up playing and they end up going four wide all day, I think that's a perfectly good plan. Even if they do it, I mean, the problem with that, you know, if you don't have those guys, is you're now kind of putting the game in the hands of like Amir Smith Marset, who hasn't taken like one wide receiver snap, and like Dan Chisena and Dede Westbrook and KJ Osborne. Like that's not an inspiring group. I would rather bring out a sixth offensive lineman, put the hands in, you know, put the game in the hands of if Justin Jefferson plays or KJ Osborne or whatever, but mostly. Bring out a whole bunch of beef and run on them. That's not who they want to be. And against Dallas, they even responded to some of that in nickel by, you know, having cornerbacks out there to cover tight ends and the Cowboys racked up 245 rushing yards on them. So that's what I want to do to the Panthers. I think that can ease some of the problems that they present to us and sort of make it so we don't have to defeat a strategy that defeated us before. Um, that's the adjustment, I guess, that I would make. Uh, I got a lot of bold predictions, and we also have to go over last week's bold predictions, so we are going to do that. But first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are all covered in 100% chocolate. They're perfect for when you have a late night chocolatey craving, but maybe you're trying to lose or maintain weight. Maybe you're doing keto. Maybe you don't want to fall off the wagon. Well, good news for you. Built Bar is keto friendly. Built Bar is low in calorie, low carb, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, like 17 grams of fiber, and then like four grams of sugar in one of these things. They come in delicious flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, mint, chocolate, cherry, whatever you like. You, ha- you can choose from any of their nine main series flavors or get a sampler, which is two of each. And that's what I recommend to you. Whatever you buy, go to Built dot com and enter promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and you can get 15 percent off of your next order that's promo code locked 15 at built.com all right it is time for the bold predictions you guys did great on these this week we had a little talk last week you know there was there were too many people that said like vikings lose 41 to 17 and that's not really a bold prediction that's just a score you guys were fun this week. There were like a dozen of these I wanted to include, um, but I'm only doing like six a week. So there were some really, really great ones I had to leave on the cutting room floor, and I'm sad about it. So keep trying, everybody. Keep it up. Loved what I saw this week. Um, first, let's go over last week's bold predictions for Vikings-Lions. The first one that we did, um, and by the way, this is a weekly thing. We do it every week. We are just doing your spiciest takes. Give me your spicy predictions for the game, and if you get it. We did actually get one uh, a couple weeks ago. If you get it, then, uh, I don't know, we celebrate together. Um, Tyler Forness said Nick Vigil would have more sacks than Daniil Hunter. We did not quite get there. Daniil Hunter had one sack. Nick Vigil had no sacks. I would not have given you the tie at zero anyways. Uh, Stizo said Rashad Hill gives up the least pressures of all starting offensive linemen. Uh, you got close there because he ended up splitting reps and none of us really saw that coming. Um, but he still gave up two pressures, which actually tied for first among Vikings offensive linemen. Pretty good OL day if nobody gave up more than two pressures on the day. Uh, but Rashad Hill giving up two pressures in limited action 
uh, is probably the opposite. He's probably the worst offensive lineman on the day, which shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, Chuck Aoki said Amir Abdullah would lead the team in rushing yards and receiving. We did not quite get there. Um, the leading rush uh, receiver was Justin Jefferson, of course. Leading rusher was, of course, Alexander Madison. TMT1496 said Kirk Cousins would finish the game with two tackles. I love the quirkiness of that one. He had another quirky one that I actually went with. Uh, so good job, TMT1496. Coach Simons said three touchdown parlay. CJ Ham, D.D. Westbrook, and Ben Ellison only had one touchdown from Alexander Madison, uh, extremely disappointingly. <laughs> um, and then the last one came from Zach Walters, who got the closest of anybody because he said Greg, Greg Joseph would miss as many kicks as Tyler Conklin had catches. Um, so Greg Joseph made all but one of his kicks. He missed the 49 yarder. He left short, which I'm pretty sure at watching that back, his foot hit the ground first. I think that's what happened on that. Um, his, he like clipped the ground early or something. Um, and Tyler Conklin had two catches. So you were very close. Uh, if either one of those 50 yarders goes short, not only do the Vikings lose, but you hit your bold prediction. You were that close to it. The Vikings just had to be a little more Vikingsy. but let's move on to the week six predictions. Again, awesome stuff here. I'm really, really sad about the ones I had to cut, but let's do the ones that we didn't. The first one comes from the champ himself, Vikings disappointment enthusiast, Kyle Slaby, who said, there will be more collective yards on offense for both teams combined than the distance in miles between the two stadiums. Kyle is the one who got the only person in the history of the show who's gotten a bold prediction right. So heed this word. That is, and he looked it up for me. Thank you. 1,166 miles. Uh, so 1,167 yards would cash the bold prediction. That would be utterly insane. <laughs> that's like an unreasonable amount of yards that's both teams approaching 600 yards on the game um with two defenses that are playing pretty good right now so that would be insane but i love the bold prediction and i love how it's framed jc goosen said kirk has one of those fumbles in the end zone advanced by derisaw which is technically illegal and results in a safety which will be carolina's only points of the game and then he says vikes by 21 so that's a lot and it's hyper specific um, to make it a little more fun and bold, not because of the hyper-specificness, I will give you any scenario that involves Christian Derrissaw causing a safety. If anything where Christian Derrissaw is responsible for a safety, whether he's the one that lets up pressure, um, and I'm going to make the judgment call on this, if he's the one that lets up pressure but it's not his fault because the protection was wrong or something, we're going to talk about it. But if Derrissaw gives up pressure or if he gets a holding penalty in the end zone or whatever, any Derrissaw safety, I will give you, and I don't need it to be the only Carolina points or I don't need the final score or anything like that. Any Derrissaw safety. Forrester says Vikings have more return yards than Sam Darnold has passing yards. Um, so we talked about this a little bit. Uh, about like if that was possible or whatever. And it's totally possible because there have been plenty of games like the Seeing Ghosts game, Sam Darnold had 76 yards. You could clear that in one good return, um, right? Kickoff returns are usually good for 20 or so a pop. So if the Vikings score a lot, you get a lot of kickoffs. Also, he just said return yards. He did not specify kick, punt, or defense. So all of those counts. So if you get, you know, a, a jump or a quick out on the, on the goal line and return it 99 yards, you could get there, right? So you need a bad day from Sam Darnold, but you also need a couple of good returns. We could get there, um, but I really this will be a fun one to watch. TMT1496 said one of our offensive players gets a pick. Again, I love that this requires an incredibly specific scenario to happen. Um, 
because basically this only happens on the hands team and the hands team could come out right hail marys happen all the time you don't even need to be winning the game just could be weird halftime scenario where they're at the 50 with two seconds left and they want to heave one up you bring out the hands team and one of the offensive players gets a pick that's the only scenario i can think of where one of the offensive players gets a pick um except for fake punt and then dd westbrook picks sniffs it out and picks it off not unlike the hunter renfro play from monday night football a couple of weeks ago if you watched that uh, Troy MCC said the Vikings will choose to rush on at least 10 second and long or eight plus yard plays. Um, thank you for defining second and long. So eight plus yards. I don't even know if they had 10 second and long plays that require. I mean, second and long, like the thing about second and long is that it doesn't usually continue the drive. So you can't like, it's not very normal to have a drive that is, you know, first down and then second and long and then convert it and get another first down and then fail on that and then get second and long and stuff. So it's like you, you need to be in second and long like on every play, which look, the Vikings have done or on every drive, which the Vikings have done before. So it's definitely there. But then they have to choose to rush on all of them as well. They ran a lot of play action on those second and longs, by the way. So another thing about the second and long runs, they are like cashing in that what they think is like the investment and, you know, that whole thing, which has been debunked plenty. But I guess if that's what they're doing, at least they're like doing it. Um, and the last one comes from Bradley Nor, who got this in at the buzzer. And he said both Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond have a rushing touchdown. This one is airing a little too close to impossible for me. Um, because I highly doubt Kellen Mond will be active, but it's possible. And I actually thought option plays looked pretty good against the Panthers. So if you want to do game plan and you want to do read option, go for it. The thing is, though, the Vikings, if they're going to run read option, they're going to run it with Kirk. He, they've done that. They've run read option with Kirk Cousins, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Treating him like he's Colin Kaepernick. Next week, of course, we will go over all these bold predictions. We'll do that on Friday, but we'll go over the game. We'll do everything the same cadence. We're in it now. And then, of course, the bye week is coming up. I've got some fun bye week content ready for you. This is a daily show we do every day. Rain, snow, or shine. We're not going to let a bye week stop us. So uh, make sure you come hang out for all that. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, head on over to the Peacock and Williamson podcast. They're giving you the national angle and boy howdy there's some nfl stuff to talk about thanks to the new york times so go check that out get informed on all of that stuff i will see you all next week thank you all so much for listening and as always skull